2: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada, Dundalk, and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the new and pre-owned Renault, Dacia, and Opel range, and a car finance specialist on-site to arrange a finance package that suits your budget. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie well
3: I'm here Louise I survived I survived
4: I can't believe you're talking I didn't think they'd let you <laughs> away with that
3: <laughs> I was telling you before I left yesterday I was heading for the hygienist and they were listening they were listening I only walked into Angela Carney's and they were ready for me they said you gave us a mention oh I was doubly afraid then that the drill was going to go deeper anyway it didn't and, and you I came out to,
4: with all your teeth I
3: did and I want to say a big thank you to hygienist Helena Daly who looked after me so well it, yesterday she gave me a couple little jabs in the gums mm. so I never felt a thing
4: yeah they're great and they're, they're great.
3: the only thing blah, 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 blah. my lip felt like <laughs> about five times <laughs> it's like feel size. like a box yeah, of yeah, dog you don't you know, you dribbling feel, and, and, and she said to me don't eat for a little while because you'd be inclined to dig in <laughs> and they were listening to the custard she thought it was disgusting the custard and the way a bit a lot of people did oh try. god almighty she said I said I assure you Helena it's gorgeous the contrast is beautiful and you know what she gave me a little a little recipe that her brother used to put together, a concoction. I won't tell you what it is now, but I will be talking about it on late lunch down the road, so I will. The things that people mm. get up to with food, but we're going to come back to that Sounds for sure. Uh, but I love, I actually say, when you get the, 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 the deep clean done, it feels great. You know the teeth are... You breathe in and the ah, air is really sharp. Oh my God, it's just fantastic. My old choppers are useless anyway, but it's nice to have them cleaned up. And I say a big thanks to Helene again and all the crew at Angela Carney's. Anyway, I'm here and raring to go today. We have a full line-up for you on the show. But I'm going to say hello to begin late lunch today to Lynn O'Reilly. She's an activity therapist at College View Nursing Home in Cavan. Hello, Lynn.
5: Hi, Terry. How are you?
3: I'm really good. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. And I want to tell our listeners, I'm just enthralled by uh, this, uh, what would I say, this life advice that you've compiled. Tell our listeners what you did.
2: Yeah, so um, I actually seen um, a post on Facebook last week, and it was just um, advice for the younger generations So I just thought it'd be nice to do here in the nursing home. And I originally started it as a conversation starter between the residents, you know, just for some Mm. like old life stories as well to talk about. So, yeah, we got some great answers back and some funny ones too. So it was (laughs) lovely. Um, Yeah, it was good. good. Yeah,
3: you did. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at one in particular. You know why I'm laughing. The one that jumps out at me. See Big Tom live in a concert if he were alive.
2: (laughs) Oh, poor Christine. I love
3: it. I absolutely love it. Isn't it a lovely one? But there's so much sound, I have to say, Lynn, uh, uh, life advice in it. And look, you have a list of them here, but I've just picked out a few of them uh, to talk to you about. You know, the one I would say that's on a lot of people's minds, especially when they're in care, thanking God through your life for good health.
2: Yeah, yeah. And like every Irish granny, say your prayers as well, you know, Mm. a real common one. So, uh, yeah, it was lovely. And just even a lot of them was just to say to be happy. And it's so true, you know, especially what we've been through everyone the last year and a half. Um, So it was lovely to hear back the advice and a lot of interest and lovely for some of the younger staff here to listen to the advice too, so it, it really was really yeah heartwarming.
3: yeah and i like things that you know comes from a generation be straight and honest you know people of an age they wouldn't owe you yeah. a penny you know that type of way they wouldn't <laughs> of course yeah you, you know yourself what i'm talking about they were just yeah. so straightforward really be happy in your job isn't that if you can be at all it's the ideal thing in life isn't it
2: yeah absolutely definitely yeah and thank god uh, we're all we're all happy here. Yes. And, um, and another good one we we all laughed. It was get up off your bum and drive. I just thought that was so funny. Like, um, <laughs> see if you're living in the sticks. <laughs> yeah.
3: True. So true for sure. And like you know, I, I mentioned there oh the they're conscious of the penny as well. They say make sure you do the lotto regular so you never know your yeah. luck. <laughs> You know,
2: like another good one was uh, marry a rich man too. So I just Aww. like it was just it was very funny. We yes. got such a laugh. Um, all the staff too, um, Andres, and the residents just such a good. Like I was saying. Such a conversation came out of it and so many stories they talked about old times and what oh. they enjoyed so yeah it was lovely it was it was a real hit with them all thank do, god do you know when
3: they gave you these words of wisdom was it from you know from their experience what they've lived through and and what they know with the years and age on their side or were the pangs of regret in any of the the um the advice they gave that they didn't do that themselves
2: a lot of them regretted they didn't travel more. Yeah. Um, yeah, and even like within Ireland, you know, it wasn't even going abroad. A lot of them wished they had seen more of Ireland. Yeah. So, you know, little bits like that, that they had regretted. And um, yeah, travel more, I so suppose, that was one of the, the most common answers.
6: Mm. Um,
3: Surrounding yourself with good people, I couldn't agree more. You know, you yeah. we feed off good people. Good, good people, you know, help us in in times when maybe we're struggling a little bit. You know what I'm talking about, you know, with yes, your own team yeah. and people there as well. Very good words in, in that one there. And you know what I loved as well? It's in there with, with what they said, being kind to animals. Obviously, animals play yeah. a big part in their lives.
2: Yes, of course. Yeah, a lot of them would have come from a farming background, so they would have been reared with um, small animals around. So it's nice that that still stuck with them, Mm. you know, through the years. So it was lovely, yeah.
3: Do do you feel, you know, you have younger staff there as well, uh, like yourself and and listening to what they say. Do you believe, like, you know, uh, highlighting this and and, uh, posting the different aspects of life that they offer advice towards will make a difference? Will people, do you think, uh, pay notice to it?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like, we've got a lot of feedback, thank God, from it already. So, you know, I'd like to think that a lot of people read it and just feel like, you know, those residents are between 70 and 99 years old, you know, and it's just, it's lovely the bit of advice that they were fit to give us. Yeah. So it's, it is. It's really. It's really nice.
3: Just yeah, to, people are taking notice, and I know you've got a huge reaction to this. That's why we we're talking ourselves about yeah. it today. Just in a general sense, you've been in the or on the front line more than most since COVID uh, uh, darkened our shores here in, in yeah. Ireland. It's been a tough. I take it twelve months to fifteen months for you. It. It
2: has. Yeah, definitely, Jerry. It's been tough, um, but. Look, thank God between the residents and the staff and management here we've just kind of kept the morale up and worked as a team and got through it thank God. So we're glad to be out the other end now and majority is vaccinated here too. Well, everyone has their first dose, we're just waiting on a few more for their second dose. So um yeah, it's it's great thank God. It was mm. It was definitely tough, but it's it's good to be
3: this end of it now. Mm, scary times for all. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I'm thinking of the
3: reverse of this. I, I would say that your uh, people there who, who love you all uh, feed off you too. You know, the reverse of this. Are they curious to to find out, you know, what rocks the clock of younger people today?
2: Oh, the woods, yeah, definitely. And it's, it's good, like... To keep them involved too, to know, to let them know what's going on, you know, outside and what's happening that they mightn't hear of. But uh, oh yeah, we do. We we definitely keep them involved. Like we're involved with their life, so they're involved in our Yes. Team. So it's yes.
6: It's,
2: uh, it's, look, it's a big family here. So
3: yeah, it's, it's a quid, with, uh, quid pro quo pro quo even if we can get that pro out there quid pro quo for uh, both of you as well uh, and it, it's it's lovely to see uh the love and the warmth that exists between yourselves and the residents there and of course it it, it helps them as well stay positive and look forward you know it it yeah. gets more difficult as years pass by
2: absolutely yeah yeah definitely um it is. We we'd always said that here to keep positive, and mm. you know, even if some of them was having a, a bad day, we'd always just go even go through those uh, bits of advice too. You know what other people said, and it would just. Uh, cheered
3: them up a wee bit too. Yeah, for sure, you for know, sure. Anyway, I, I I love it. I really do. Uh, there's so many there little nuggets of advice. Well done to you. You've prompted Thank something you so for sure. And best wishes <laughs> to everybody, staff and residents at College View Nursing Home in Cavan. Thank you for joining me on the show.
2: Thank you, Terry. Thanks
3: very much. Not at all. Take care of yourself. There. That's Lynn O'Reilly, activity therapist. It's lovely. They really are, aren't they, Louise? There's so many of the the little sayings that have been, uh, you know, uh, relayed to the staff there in uh, the nursing home. It's a great idea, especially Mm.
4: after the year that they've had.
3: Yes, yes.
4: You know, they've come through so much fear and isolation, you know, because of COVID. And now they're back chatting and Mm. telling people, you know, do this, do that. And I love the way one of them was like, even though you can't do it at the minute, but it's like hop in a plane. Yeah. Travel, Just do it. Travel.
3: Yeah. They say that and you heard Lynn saying it there. It's the one regret they might have that they didn't travel mm. more or see more places within Ireland and outside of Ireland, of course. Coincidentally, you know my little calendar each day with the sayings on it. I tar- take a, uh, uh, <laughs> a day off each day. On the calendar today, it says, you only pass through this life once. You don't come back for an encore. Isn't that so mm. true? And that's, that's something me. to keep in focus. And, you know, I was thinking today... In my lifetime, if I were to, you know, think of a few things or say a few things that I have learned through the years. And look, at if there's anything on your mind listening to us today that... You'd you advise
4: your younger yeah, self. you'd
3: advise your younger self or, or advise somebody younger than you to do. Let us know if there's something that sums up how you can best live a good life and a long life on this earth or wherever life you're allocated by the man above, let us know 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show 1850 715 if you'd like to call in. For me, don't sweat the small stuff. I've, I've learned that. It's taken me a lot of time to learn it. But the small stuff, Louise, ain't worth sweating. Worry ain't worth a toss. Precious for (laughs) tires. Worry, worry does nothing. Worry solves nothing. I say that to everybody. Throw that worry card out the door. Get rid of it forever. Things take their course anyway and it's nearly impossible to influence them. I would say to people as well, develop a range of interests in your life. As many interests as you can. It's, it's, it's wonderful. They'll carry you through. I, I can assure you that. And be content in your own skin. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Be, be happy in your own skin. I think, think that's that comes a,
4: with age though, yeah, doesn't
3: contentment. it? Contentment. Well... For some people, it never comes. Yeah. True. <laughs> you know, it doesn't really. But they're just a few things I was thinking of in the context of uh, all that was said there uh, by the residents in College View. If anything to say, do give us a shout on the usual numbers. Love to hear from you. Uh, on today's show, still to come. Oh, there's lots to come. Anyway, next up, we're going to take a break now. And we're coming back with Niall Hatch from Birdwatch Ireland. I mentioned yesterday on the show uh, that uh, runners were attacked in Giles Key in North Loud yesterday there's a dangerous buzzard on the prowl there and there's only one man to tell us what to do or what the story is Niall Hatcher needs with us next have I got Nile hatches? Nile there? Nile? hello hello Nile. Yes. Hello, how are you? How are you? Uh, great to talk to you on the show this afternoon, Nile. look on our news yesterday, it was reported uh, that uh, at Giles' Key in North Loud, runners and walkers uh, were being warned at, that there's a dangerous nesting buzzard. And you know ironically, Nile, this time last year it's nearly to the day you and I spoke about a similar situation in County Mead. Now it's North Loud. Nile when buzzards are nesting, what's your advice?
1: Well, it's very unusual that something like this happens. And what we're putting it down to um, is the fact that in lockdown, especially last year, buzzards started to nest in areas where there were all of a sudden no humans. They tend to avoid humans when they're nesting and they they don't really want to be anywhere near us because they feel very vulnerable. They want to protect their chicks. So what happened last year, and I think it's happening again this year, is that a few buzzards have nested in areas where the people disappeared from. And then what happened is then all of a sudden people suddenly reappear and these buzzards see this as a threat to their territory and to their chicks and they, they can lash out. Now, it's very rare this happens. When we heard about it last year it was the first time I'd ever come across this so it's a a very unusual occurrence and what we would do is we'd ask people please to to avoid that area if possible Um, and just be aware that the birds are present keep an eye out for them and if the bird shows any sign of agitation just back away and stay down it'll it'll only last for a couple of weeks at most the birds have no interest in hurting humans it's just to try and protect the chicks that they have in the nest now it's at that crucial time when the chicks are developing they're going to take their first flight soon once they've left the nest this behaviour will completely stop and then hopefully next year as life returns to normal for us humans hopefully it'll return to normal for the buzzards as well and they'll they'll learn once again to avoid densely populated areas
3: isn't that interesting and brilliant too that you know what i mean familiarity and things would be fine but absence of people and then a return it uh, leads to this situation so the the message is today I, I don't know where exactly this is but it's obviously a popular area where people walk and run if you can't avoid it come back to that again what should you do
1: uh, we'd certainly suggest to people if they're walking there or jogging to 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 keep an eye out and to wear a hat. That will make if that would make a difference. And again, it's it's very unusual that this happens. I'm sure lots of people have passed by and 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 there's been no incident whatsoever. Obviously, buzzards are, are large birds. They have sharp claws. It's not something that anyone wants to be to be dealing with, least of all the buzzard. Uh, but as we've seen, this species thankfully expanding again in Ireland and increasing in number. More people are noticing them, and the fact is we have several hundred pairs of them in Ireland now, and the vast vast majority of those are nesting. well away from the eyes of humans and uh, without any incident whatsoever. Also, just to point out, across the water in Britain, it's a much more common and widespread species than it is here in Ireland still. And uh, over there, incidents are very, very rare as well. It really is because of the because of COVID and the absence of people from certain areas that's really caused this. It's very atypical.
3: Mm. And uh, you mentioned the numbers increasing. Definitely where I live on the north side of Drorhut, which would be South Loud, there's quite a number of them now. You'll come across them. And uh, in fact, uh, late last year, I I actually walked into a field and and there were nearly four pairs uh, together. Now, there was probably young birds mixed with adults there as well, but there was eight
1: of them all together. So they
3: are thriving and are doing well.
1: Oh, they they are. And it's been really good to see this because this is a species that uh, was nearly wiped out in Ireland. And from the the first half of the 20th century onwards, it sort of, but pretty much disappeared from the whole country really just clinging on maybe in northern county Antrim uh, and that was really it but then over the course of the last couple of decades birds gradually repopulated quite naturally coming down from Scotland and across from Wales spread down through Ulster and then through East Leinster and since then they've now spread to all 32 counties again and they're breeding in every county in Ireland but East Leinster and parts of Ulster are the real strongholds for them mm. so anybody in Louth and me have become quite familiar with this bird you often see them as you said soaring over fields or at the sides yeah. of the roads they're a big bird wingspan of about a meter and they mainly hunt rats and rabbits and you know we often get questions into Burbachar and are these a danger to, to, to livestock or do they, they pose any problems? And just to categorically say no, they don't. They, they're they're not capable of of harming or killing anything like a lamb. Uh, they eat rats and rabbits, uh, so they're they're great uh, a great friend of the farmer. And there's been there's, there's no incidents where they actually would hurt livestock. And just at the moment they're they're being territorial. As, as I said, it's not that they have you know they, they want to hurt humans or they have any desire to even eat humans or anything like that. It's because they see the humans as a threat to their nest and to their precious chicks. They're just being good parents and. I think you know we, we just—it's it's unfortunate this is happening, but I think we just need to try and do everything we can to accommodate those birds just for the next couple of weeks until they move on their way.
3: That's uh, sound advice there. Just back to. Uh something we spoke about a few weeks back when the weather was horrifically cold and it was a very tough spring, the arrival of the migratory uh, Martins, uh, Swifts and Swallows yes. from Africa. I was out on the beach uh, on uh, Terminfeck into Clare Head at the weekend and I was actually watching the Martins, Nile going into the uh, the Sand Martins, into the holes in the, in the high banks, in and out. They were going good. Our first uh, flush is done with at this stage, or where
1: is the breeding? Yes. So the sand martin is actually one of our earliest breeders. So they probably have at least one brood under their belts already, probably at least on the second brood, because they'll have as many as they can over the course of the summer, provided the weather conditions are good. And the weather in the last couple of weeks has been particularly Mm. good for them. There's been lots of insects around. The weather's been been relatively uh, mild or indeed hot at times, which is exactly what birds like sand martins want, because they feed on flying insects. If we have a prolonged period of rain, it's much harder for them to find food for their chicks because the insects aren't on the wing. Uh, so what they'll do is they'll make hay while the sun shines or at least make babies while the sun shines. That's exactly what they do. So they usually arrive with us um, back. I always associate them with St. Patrick's Day. It's always mid-March when they first arrive back to us from Africa, one of our first migrants to return. And what they do is they return always to the same nesting areas where they were before, tunnels in the side of a cliff face or, or a sandbank or a river bank. And uh, what they might have to excavate new tunnels if those have disappeared or have become eroded. Then they get down to the business of mating and of laying their eggs and they'll have a couple of broods during the course of the summer. So hopefully lots of new sand martins will be produced and we'll see more of them for years to come. And uh,
3: there's plenty of uh, sighting of uh, the house martin in or around towns. And I've seen swallows. I was in some of the local uh, small lakes and reservoirs and the swallows that there are clear to be seen as well. So it's good to see them back in numbers.
1: Oh, it is because a lot, like a lot of our insect-eating migrant birds, they have a very hard time of it. There are, there are fewer insects around in the Irish countryside than there used to be, and of course, one thing that all of these birds have in common is that they all migrate to Africa. They have to cross the Sahara Desert to do that, and for a lot of our trans-Saharan migrants, climate change has been a real issue. A mm. fewer of them are surviving that migration because the weather gets more unsettled. The, the desert is actually getting wider each year, which is an extra barrier they have to cross, and only the fittest of the fits survive it. So we're seeing, you know, numbers gradually going down for these. Species. So to know that there's a good good numbers in your area there that, that's that's really good to know. And uh, we get lots of calls into Barbara Charland at this time of year from people complaining about house martins you know, building those mud nests under the eaves of the house and sometimes they're droppings on the wall and to those people i'd say please l- just tolerate them just, just leave them be they, they perform a great service in eating up all the mosquitoes and things around our houses but the distance that they have traveled to come back to your house to nest they've gone thousands of kilometers specifically to come back to your house so i'll take it as a compliment they're only with us for a few weeks each summer so it's it's a small inconvenience i think but, and there's and just to stress to people there's no disease risk or anything like that they're they're they are clean birds in that sense they have droppings on the walls but there's no risk of any disease or anything like that. So please just tolerate them. We know that people really take these birds to heart, especially the swallow. People absolutely love them. We had um, again this year in in the Spring Alive project that Bird of does along with its uh, its partner organisations in over 40 countries around Europe, Central Asia and Africa. We asked people to submit the the records of swallows and indeed sand martins and cuckoos and swifts and again this year we've had more records from ireland than from any other country in the whole world uh, for this so this okay. is great it shows that people are taken to heart and really want to contribute and help these birds
3: i endorse everything you say and i ask people again i am a member please do join Birdwatch ireland it's a wonderful organization and you love what they send out to you and keep you informed electronically and in the post as well niall you're a good friend thank you for joining us on the show It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Take care now. That's Niall Hatch there from Birdwatch, Ireland. So the message is uh, to uh, the Ravensdale community there, Giles Key, you're going to have the issue for another couple of weeks. But once the chicks are flushed and flown, that will be it. So you just need to take care in that area. Now, my next guest is in the cleaning business, 24 years. Her business is called CleanerAngels.ie. And in a recent article that she's been quoted in, she says that really, we've lost the ability to clean. The younger generation, some people she even says that she's encountered, can't even switch on a washing machine. Really, Sue Ryder, good afternoon to you. Good
7: afternoon. How are you? Thanks for having me. Not at all. Is,
3: you're not joking us there, are you? Some people can't put the washing in the machine and hit the well- button.
7: A lot of young people, because they've they've never had to do with them, I and they move out into apartments on their own. Or, you know, or that they just they just don't have a clue. They buy a lot of cleaning materials, and then they don't know what to do with them.
3: And who do you blame for this? Is it ourselves, the older generations, were we too soft on them?
7: Uh, too soft. Well, uh, it's good to train them to show them these things. I mean, because it, it's cleaning is a life skill. It's a skill, and and uh, everybody needs to know how to clean. You know, there won't always be mommy and daddy there to pick up the pieces and do everything for you. So it is important. I'm not saying all young people are like that, mm. but there, there is. A, I have seen it. I have seen it out there. a Majority of it, and particularly when we've often cleaned students' plates you know that they, they just, they do everything's just in a heap on the floor and uh, a disaster. But, uh, uh, but that's it. I come from a different generation, of course, and we had to do it. We yeah. had to do our chores before we could go outside and do anything
3: else. Mm, mm. So you're saying to parents today as well, give them the wee jobs, teach them to be able to clean and tidy up for themselves that when they do yeah. fly the nest, they'll do the same wherever they go to.
7: Yes, I think it's fairly important. I think it's very, you're doing them a favour. You know, they mightn't think it at the time, but they—they they are. You know, to, to learn the life skills, they won't have—they won't have to be getting in cleaners in years to come. Because uh, a lot of people get cleaners in, even mm-hmm. just you know weekly cleaners and, and things like that, where they could keep on top of it themselves.
3: Mm. what's your general experience through your work now uh, when people look for you right you have your regulars as you say who you go to on a, a rotor basis and that's fine but you know when you go for a first time somewhere would anything shock you Sue at this stage
7: well I've done an awful lot of um, I've got done an awful lot of decluttering for people who have hoarding issues mm. which is a very a very sensitive and sad situation for a lot of people out there uh, and I never like them to be intimidated or feel embarrassed about it because nobody sets out to be a hoarder. It just happens, and it's usually due to life circumstances with them.
6: Mm. Uh,
7: And I have seen really really bad cases, you know, out there with places that you couldn't even walk into. And we'd have to start at the door and relay stuff out into the skips yeah, uh, And it's really sad because they're terrified to ask I and mean, They didn't, don't realise there is people out there that can help them.
6: Mm.
3: And what are the big cluttering things? Is it magazines, newspapers, stuff like that?
7: It can be everything. It everything. can be jam jars. It can be, you know, uh, people buying extra stuff and just leaving it. A lot of newspapers. Newspapers seems to be a trend with all of the people who hoard for some reason. Mm. Uh, and books, a lot of books. And uh, lots of clothes, you know. You, can, you walk into a house and sometimes stuff can be piled so high you don't know what's underneath everything. Mm.
3: Do you ever find stuff that has not been taken out of the bag, new loads of it with labels on them?
7: Absolutely, yeah. I One guy that I've been cleaning for him, doing the job from for over 10 years, and um, he would just buy stuff and they they would be in the bags. could be CDs, you know, DVDs, books. The receipts would still be in the bag and just drop on the floor.
3: My, and, oh my.
7: Yeah, yeah, they can't help it, you know, it's just...
3: Mm, it's something... I have an
7: explanation with the psychological thing. Yes, yes, some, yes. And some, sometimes it's depression, it's very sad, like it is mm. very sad, because, I mean, no one starts out like that.
3: Yeah, and, and when you do help them, is it generally a new beginning or do they slip back automatically?
7: For, for some people. i I done a place for a lady a couple of years ago and she ended up getting... Uh, it, the whole place renovated and her place is absolutely to credit to her it's, it, she's got a beautiful home now and we're still friends and um, that's one of the good success stories it depends on the individual
3: yeah you know? and and, and you, you do quote as well an example of somebody you know who won't let go where well, you went in and did it clean put the bags outside
7: <laughs> and it was nearly all back in the next day was it? Oh, that was hilarious so yeah it might have been funny it, but it, it wasn't really good because the poor devil yeah, we we brought them, uh, we left them at the side because we were doing the whole house and we said we might as well see how big a skip we'll need at the end of the week. We won't get it now and have it in the way. We'll just sort of call the bags there for a few days and then see. And the next day we went back, the bags were in, and then she had she had sort of made up all little smaller bags that she was going to be giving the stuff around to different friends. And that sort of was the new trend that she was accumulating stuff for friends, you now. Every day... Every day there was another bag getting accumulated. So we weren't really getting rid of anything; we were just <laughs> going from one place
3: to another. Yes, out the door you and know. back in oh, again. Oh my yes. God! God help her. And and the other thing we we talked about this on the show a while back. You know yes. how often do you change your bed sheets? Do you come across beds that don't really get changed that often? Yes,
7: yeah, they're, 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 yeah. I've often done them that people wouldn't have changed their bed for maybe six months or a year, <gasps> and
6: nothing.
7: oh, I know it's just, they can't help it. Uh, and the whole, the whole the sheets, everything be black. Everything has to just go out in the bin and sometimes the mattresses and all have to go and uh, they have to get a new mattress. A new. I, I don't know, an apartment for a guy going back about two years ago and for whatever reason he had a whole load of wire hangers all tied together and had them sort of going all around the ceiling up at the top and stuff hanging on them. It was it was bizarre and we, we got rid of that. We cleared out everything for him because he'd been in hospital and then his, his uh, fridge was in bits, and he told me it was grand. And he wanted to keep it, but there was, it wasn't working, and there was a smell out of it. So that went into the skip. And then when he came home from hospital, he needed—he actually needed to get new mattresses, new beds, new everything. And God love me, thought I could go shopping with him <laughs> to get all these things. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and I said, "No, I said this is where it ends here." I said, "You're going to have to get one of your friends or something." But like, it's very sad cases. Yes. You know what I mean? It's. Uh, it's
6: very
3: sad, Yeah, I, I, you
7: know, but it's great when we're able to do it and make a difference. For yes,
3: me. yes. And you do make a huge difference in the yes. lives of so many, many people. You know, uh, when you talk in general about cleaning, um, the top of the house, the attic, I think about my own attic as well. We have more stuff to go up there and the blinking thing is full. Is that where you generally start?
7: Yeah, I would start in the attic because you can get rid of a lot of stuff out of the attic um, and the best thing to do too with with stuff that's going to the attic is get containers and anything you put in the containers or cardboard boxes, whatever, write an itinerary list out and stick it on it so that when you go up to look for something, you're not pulling everything out, you just go along the boxes and see what's in them, you know, by the itinerary list and... um, Uh, And make as much room in the the attic because if you're going down through the rest of the house, you're going to find other stuff that you have to keep and it can go back up to the attic and then it made some space up there for it. But at the end of the day, people don't need all the stuff they have. I mean, years ago, people didn't have all that stuff and they didn't need it. And I, I find a lot of stuff is passed down now through the generations. You know, people are leaving people's stuff when, you know, when they die. And for sentimental reasons, they start keeping them and putting them, say, in the attic. But it's never used.
3: Mm. And, and how do you get that message across to people? You know, people are, uh, I'm afraid to uh, get rid of it. I might need it someday. It's sentimental. And yet it sits up there week after week, month after month, year after yep. year. And it's never touched. What, never what touched. would you say to people today? How, how do you let go?
7: Well, they're better off letting go because after three or six months, they won't even they won't even remember what they had up there. They'll forget about it. Yeah, because they've obviously forgotten about it until they maybe go to open something and they oh I remember this, you know. And, oh God, I didn't know we had that. Yeah, I mean, stuff is meant to be used, not to be stored.
3: Hmm. And and on the other hand, just to go on a contrast, do you come across people that are maybe OCD clean or OCD too tidy?
7: I haven't, no. I haven't really come across uh, well I did actually once. A lady had a, a beautiful house in the city centre. We worked for her quite a few times. I knew her well, but we went in one day and uh, like the house was sort of a bit of a show piece tour and no children and we went in and she was up to getting some new big huge big rug. Like one of her one of her living rooms was like a dance hall, it was just a big, huge room, ballroom. And uh, she said, Don't walk on that that must not be walked on and I thought well that's a very silly place to have it on the ground if you can't people can't walk on it (laughs) Uh, yeah she was very she was (laughs) upset so (laughs) there are lots of houses I like cleaning tell me this (laughs) is there many houses
3: you go to Sue where they say take off your shoes or you wear a slipper in the house do you come across that
6: much?
7: sometimes well that that would usually be in a house that would say just have to be built and they'd have to get their new carpets in and we'd automatically we put the blue things on and because uh, you wouldn't go up on new carpet, you know, yeah. around the place, mm. but uh, not in a house that would just be we just going into clean. So we sometimes we do leave our shoes at the door. You know, it, it depends. It depends.
3: Mm. A listener wants to know, um, what's the most common household problem people can't seem to clean? What the item we're in the house that people struggle with most for cleaning?
7: I think they're ovens, really. Um, yeah. Ovens and fridges, it's like it's such a big daunting task and they just sort of keep putting it off all the time. Um, and there's great oven cleaners out there. We don't clean ovens, but mm. there is great guys out there that uh, clean ovens with very safe products and they bring them back like new. I've seen them and I've used these guys. Mm. Uh, your fridge, you know, every week, like before I go shopping, I go have a look in the fridge and see what I'm thrown out. And then when I make a bit of space, I, I clean it out, put a little bit of spray of milton in, and uh, spray it around with, with the um, microfiber cloth. You know, for new yeah. stuff. If you just keep keep it going, and sometimes then the vegetable um, drawer and different things. You know, I, I vacuum that out with all the bits that's been, and then I give it a wash and put it back in. And I actually put some of the likes of onions and things into plastic bags so the bits aren't going all over the bottom. Yes. And uh, of the, uh, the drawer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I. It depends, really. It, I have a system. You see, I've always had a system, and I, I find that you kind of stick to that and clean as you go. It makes life easier. It makes mm-hmm. it lighter.
3: What What do you love? What's your favorite product for cleaning floors? You know, worktops, things like that. What do you like to use? It's...
7: I. I. There is products out there, and my favorite ones are. I, can I mention them? They're called Malones. Um, and they do a fantastic uh, floor cleaner for um, ceramic tiles and wooden tiles and they're made with essential oils, that's why I love them so much, Mm. and they give a lovely smell, do the job that it says on the tin, and um, they're very good. I don't like harsh stuff, you know, A, a lot of a lot of the sprays that are out there, some of them contain bleach. I remember we were cleaning something one day and didn't realise bleach was in it because I thought it was a multi-purpose thing and there was bleach in it. Yeah. And that it destroyed, I remember I had a T-shirt on, destroyed the T-shirt. And so I said, no,
6: mm.
7: no, you have to have the, the safer stuff.
3: Yeah. What's that product? Tell us that product name again. Malone's. Malone's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you can it buy, a,
7: it's widely available, is it? Can you
3: pick it up all over the
7: place? Um. We do used to sell it, and yeah. uh, Super Value used to sell. It. Sometimes you have to ask for it, and okay. it's a fantastic leather cleaner as well. Mm. And they have um, they have a multi um, they have a sanitizer as well. No, the products are very safe. Actually, Malone's are out these years. Do You remember the old Malone's polish that was around years ago with yes. the lavender? Yes, yes. That's who it is. Ah. And they yeah, and they they have modernized even the wax polish that's in that tin is fantastic for old furniture.
3: Mm. And you mentioned leather there, bringing up a leather suite, that uh, that Malone stuff as well, good.
7: Yeah. Yes, yeah. but don't just, you wouldn't want to just put it on a dirty suite, you need to kind of clean it with a soap, soapy water first and dry it off, dry it well and then put the Malone's polish on, on over it and that will moisturise it and protect it.
3: Oh, very good tip there for the leather suites for sure. Yeah. Your own home, I take it it's immaculate? Yeah, I have OCD. <laughs> <laughs> I suspected. I suspected as much. Go on, tell yeah, us.
7: Yeah, so yeah, I, I, when I'm in the kitchen, even I clean up. The, when I'm making food, I, mean, I clean I start to clean up before I'm even finished. Before I even eat the food, <laughs> so I don't want to go out and see dirty dishes in yeah, I do. I know I do. And I didn't really realise that for until years later. And I said, "Jesus, this is a bit over the top." And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i'm glad of it because i i do like everything and my car with my cleaning materials has to be the same i have everything in its place and like when when and then the staff know what to take out you know, what to bring in. And then I know if anything has been left in the house because every, everything
3: has its own place. So, <laughs> you know, you're great. You really I mean, are. A
7: pain it's pain, a pain, but what can you do?
3: <laughs> ah, listen, listen, you're great at what you do. I know you have a wonderful business and it. people love you. They really do. Cleanerangels.ie. That's you, isn't it? That's it, yeah. Check yeah. her out, folks. She's brilliant. I've loved talking to you today. You Thanks too. for joining Enjoy me on it. the show, Sue. Thanks Take,
7: very much for having me. Not at all. Take care Thank yourself. You. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye. That's Sue Ryder there, and uh, that woman is good. She really is good. So there you are. Anyway, uh, late lunch, LMFM Radio. Stay with us on the show. Can you just see yourself on the dance floor in a nightclub at one or two in the morning? Tripping the light fandango to that one there. Yes, big song from the dance music scene and club scene. Free there from Ultra. It's N-A-T-E, but there's a little fodder on the... Is it Alternate, Alternate? Anyway... Let's leave it to the pronunciation, people. You're at late lunch on LMFM radio this Wednesday midweek show afternoon. <laughs> John, you're giving us a laugh this afternoon. Thank you so much for that, Louise Sue Ryder. Um,
4: what did you think? What that did you was think? Brilliant, wasn't she great? Yeah, wasn't hanging she... on to every word.
3: Yeah, she was great. Could you do it, Sue?
4: I could, yeah, yeah, a whole week of Sue. So. <laughs> She could follow me everywhere. (laughs) I think I could myself, to be honest (laughs)
3: with you. No, the attic, seriously. My attic, you know, there's lots of stuff up there.
4: (laughs) I think the attic is the least of my problems.
3: (laughs) 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 Anyways, um... What was it to say? You put me, you <laughs> knocked me tally me there, thinking about you. Anyway, the, but the attic, there's more stuff to go up. You know what I mean? Let me ask you this. You know your children and they grow through their clothes. clothes. And you have yeah. the clothing left. What would you do with the clothes? Would you keep it or did, did you?
6: Well,
4: when I...
3: They passed of, on, did they?
4: they? They passed on. And yes. then when I knew that was it, I was having no more babies, yeah. I gave them away. Okay. Yeah, yes. I kept one or two bits. Like I each have a little memory box for them. Ah, yeah. And I keep like yeah. their first baby grow yes. or whatever. Yes, but uh, no, I got rid of the rest of them. There's a lot of clothes now,
3: you know. There's a lot of clothes around even one baby. You know that mm-hmm. yourself. And uh, it's it's keeping them and storing them and that whole conundrum. There is a view today, you know, that you're better just donating them when they're done with, and and then if another child comes along sometime, you. you you go again. Do You know what I mean? That There's more clothes bought at that stage. Do you think people go back to the clothes or, you know, the way you get gifts of clothing with a new baby and that, Mm -hmm. you know, is keeping clothes, it's the right thing to do and reuse, you know what I mean? But are you not better giving them to somebody now to use themselves?
4: No, I think if you're going to have another child and you really want to have another child, why not just hold on? Mm. And, and, Mm. you know, rather than spend more money buying more clothes... You know, they're yes. going to be reused if you have a boy and that's it. And you have girls clothes, then you give them away or, yeah, you know, you, you, you use them again and then give them away. Mm, but I the- actually have a child now that's <laughs> wearing. There must have been something got to do with the size. He's wearing a pair of shorts. He's five, but I, it's 18 to 24 months old shorts <laughs> and they fit him flying like and they belong to my <laughs> eldest boy.
3: No, that was 18 years of age. No. To, you know, you just didn't get the money. You know, so right So he's there. still
4: getting wear out of those mm. clothes that mm. my 13-year-old had.
3: I, I think it's crazy packing the attic with boxes and boxes of clothes that will never be used again. No, you know, I'd that agree better, with you. you know, but actually, that's a job I do, have to go up there. Why and, a few
4: loads of clothes up in the attic?
3: Oh, there's loads of things. There's sports equipment up there. There's, Are they all from your kids? Oh, yeah. And there's clothes up there there's, oh, there's everything under the sun anyway it needs to be tackled and I think Sue is right I remember I told you before when I cleaned the garage out You remember I was in holidays once got a massive jumbo bin filled it at the top Mirningham home from work one day and said, <laughs> what's in that bin and I let her by the hand over and I said climb in and have a look <laughs> which I knew she wouldn't do anyway everything went and was I ever questioned on one thing that went into that massive bin no not one question ever ever and ever. she
4: didn't take any out
3: your honour I rest my case. Break, short break. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Now, my next guest on Late Lunch spent almost six years soul-searching. Oh, my God, do I love a pun. I'm delighted to say hello on the show this afternoon to Brona Malone. Hello, Brona.
8: Hi there. How are you?
3: Soul-searching. Soul in South Korea, you were?
8: That's exactly where I was, yes. And I did, in fact, go soul-searching when I was there, too. What
3: took you to Seoul from uh, County Mead, from Navin?
8: Um, so it happened when I was 27 and um, I literally just reached a point in my life where I just felt that nothing was working. I wasn't happy in myself, in my job um, and um, I, I just felt like things were falling apart. So um, I literally actually came across um, a vision board that I'd made with my English teacher when I was 13, I found it back when I was 27. I remember picking it up and looking at it and just seeing like, hang on a second, like there's loads of travel here and um, loads of different kinds of people that I would like to meet all on this vision board. So um, a friend that I'd known had been to Seoul, had been teaching. So I decided to try that out. And I travelled to Seoul for one year and ended up staying five and a half and then did a big six-month trip (laughs) just around India and Southeast Asia then.
3: Wonderful part of the world. I've never been. What's life like in South Korea? We know the the contrast, North Korea and all that goes and doesn't go on there and that they're a, a rogue state. And right next to it is South Korea. And that tension seems to be bubbling all the time. Did you feel that when you were there?
8: I suppose when I was in Seoul at the beginning, not really. Um, And I I did actually have co-workers that did go and visit North Korea. Um, But then uh, things seemed to um, heat up slightly. And um, so there there was slight tension. But I think um, people in South Korea, people in Seoul, they're so used to it, whereas it was more for people outside who were... Um, I suppose watching the news and, and seeing it from the outside, it was more the the people at home who were ringing up a little bit concerned. But the people in, so yeah, every, every everything was fine and life went on as normal. Mm.
3: And and to live there, you went searching as you said yourself. You're looking for answers uh, in in your life. Did you find them? Did did it help you? Did it uh, you know do what you expected it would do? It obviously had something when you stay there almost six
6: years. Mm.
8: Yeah. Um, Well, say, I definitely did. Like, it gave me, first off, just a chance to take a time out. Mm. Um, Like, traveling is amazing for stuff like that. Um, And traveling across the world, I realized that, you know, wherever I go, there I am. So it gave me time to really sit with myself. And, you know, I started um, studying online. I won a scholarship with this international coaching school so that I could begin coaching But at the same time, when you step into that kind of work, you're the first person who's going to reap the benefits, you know, because I was constantly um, looking to integrate what I was learning. And, um, yeah, it gave me more time to explore myself and um, Mm. really, really get to know myself. So, yeah, I definitely found what I was looking for. Did you
3: pick up the language?
8: Um, I picked up bits of the language like um you know I was able to get from A to B with with basic taxi directions but um did I fully pick it up no I didn't but um they do speak they do speak amazing English they out do, there yeah. and then if I was ever in in a pickle where you know, I wasn't speaking Korean. They weren't speaking English. Facial expressions go a long way. I've, mm. I've learned, um, you know, I'm, I'm a good mimer.
3: <laughs> That's what the mask takes away. We won't go down that road. But you mentioned pickle. <laughs> I take it you uh, have become a fan of kimchi.
8: Do you know what? I don't mind a little bit of kimchi, but I, I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan. But having said that, like I, I do enjoy eating at the Korean restaurants that are in Dublin, um, and yeah. I do miss I do miss some of the food for sure.
3: Ah, good. Now listen, uh, that's the Korean leg of the interview, done. Let's talk about bringing it all back home to Navan and County Meath, and people I'm sure will know you because you worked in you in Hartons and Empire Clothing in the town. <laughs>
8: <laughs> yeah, back in the day, back in the day when you could do a proper loop of Navin and shopping and centre. Um yeah, I worked I worked in Harton's News Agents and then I worked in Empire Clothing and absolutely loved it mm. there as well. So yeah, learned a lot in my time there.
3: Well, you see our Louise is sharp. She spotted you posting uh, in the last uh, 24 hours on social media, and that's why you're with me. You've, um, you've come back home to, you know, can I say stereotypical attitudes?
8: Um, you, you can say stereotypical attitudes, for sure, yeah. Um, I know when I posted, it was there in, in the last 24 hours. I was just posting about, and, and I think this comes from not only my own life, but it comes from the work I do that I noticed that we're all doing some kind of undoing. And I call this undoing, that it's a healing of our, you know, collective shame and guilt um, in life. And that my particular um, my particular experience with this was coming back to Ireland, um, and uh, that was about six years ago, so I think it was thirty-five, thirty-six. but the first questions that you're hit with um are like oh how are you are you married how many kids have you got so I began to notice that you know this was a constant thing and like this is there's no fingers of blame here because we all do it like it's how we catch up when we haven't seen anybody in a long time and but I just noticed that um, I was at a particular you know phase in my life where I hadn't met anybody I didn't have any kids and the more that this went on I noticed that my energy was shifting around it, that after one particular conversation with a group of girls that I was catching up with, that I noticed that I was extremely flat in the few days after. And like doing the work that I do, I know how important it is to really sit and kind of connect with my feelings. So I did, and what came up was just a lot of shame and a lot of guilt around, um, you know, not having had kids, not having met someone at that age. But when I when I dug into it deeper, um, what, I, what I experienced, what I found was that there is this conditioning that we have in society. And like, don't forget, like society is made up of the individual. So we're all carrying it on some level, but it was nearly like, you know, if if you look back to um, women and their roles, like, you know, even last generation, generation before that, like, and, and even, you know, all through, you know, the last few generations that marriage and kids were, were associated with safety. Like it was, Mm safety like you didn't you know women didn't have their own bank accounts so our our money came through marriage and kids our safety our survival our status our identity so I noticed that for me you know in being true to myself and moving along the path that was right for me it was nearly like I was hitting off this invisible conditioning that my heart and soul were moving me in one direction but there was this like just a layer of conditioning that I had to move through and and release from within me so that I could get on and be and do what I came here to be and do. Mm. So that, that was my personal experience of it.
3: It's interesting, isn't it, that that's still... Is part and parcel of who and what we are. We've moved on so much in many aspects of life, but that's a that's a real eye opener indeed. But look at will I tell you? Should we, you know yourself today, like uh, you know, there are so many people th- decide you know that they don't want to be you know in a relationship. They want to forge their own part. There are many don't want children, uh, and others yearn for them. And life is made up of a mix and them. and that's the way it should
8: be. Yeah, yeah. And look rightly so, I 100% you know agree with that. And I think it's all about being true. If if you're a woman and you're choosing to have kids, great. Mm. If you're a woman who chooses not to have them, great. I guess I've always been pro choice, but there's such a spectrum in between that where we have women who want kids and it's not happening. So that in itself might bring up shame and guilt around, what am I doing wrong? I must be doing something wrong. You know, and 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 it doesn't just affect women. Um, you know, it affects it affects everybody, you know, in some way, shape or form, it's going to affect everybody, because if the roles for women are shifting in the home and outside of the home, because women will experience this guilt if they're at home um, with the kids and they feel they should be out in the workforce, or if they're at home and in the workforce, that, you know, they're feeling guilty no matter, you know, which which or where they are. So men will be feeling it too, because the roles are shifting for everybody. Like, say, for example, if you know, a man and woman, you know, husband and wife, and men have typically been been the breadwinner. So that's where their identity is. But if you have a partner who say, and I am in many circles where the women have these businesses and they're amazing at what they do, and they are the breadwinner, they're taking home more money. So that's going to shift the balance. So I think it comes up for absolutely everybody, just in different ways. Like you also have single parents or people who've been divorced or separated, and that you're going to hit off the, the I suppose the previous markers were for success were this perfect family or this perfect life but that doesn't exist and I think it's about allowing ourselves to I suppose, connect inward and, and be true to the life that we're here and meant to live, mm. you know?
3: So you've worked with this undoing through what you mentioned there was a a guilt that really you felt and maybe a shame about it. That's totally, you know, it, it's it's illogical, but it happens, you know, and you feel yes. like that and there are real feelings and you have to deal with them. Are you out the other side now?
8: Oh, absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Like say, you know, I first noticed this, you know, when I came home six years ago, and and at that stage, it 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 felt bigger to me. Like, you know, I I did I sat with this, and then it was coming up in layers at different times. But now, absolutely, I, I definitely feel very free, and um, you know, because um, I am someone who um, is looking to have you know amazing, successful business, and you know, follow I suppose forge my own path, and so. And, um, you know, being in the groups that I am, being connected to other women who, who are doing this kind of work, like mm-hmm. everybody hits off at that whenever you're moving to this the next level, you, that it's nearly like new level, new devil. And there's just another layer of conditioning there. And there's um cognitive psychologist, Gay Hendricks, would call this actually upper limiting. Like there's a name on this when we're going to, you know, rise above, you know, what's previously been the norm for us in our families, in our society um, and, and what we're used to, because if you think about it, the first seven years of our lives, you know, we're, we've got, like, we're, we're quite open, and what we're doing is, because we're not young enough to, to think for ourselves, we're investing in the belief system that's already been in place yeah. there by our parents, our family, even yes. the church that we were in. Like, the church has had a huge part in Ireland, and I know for me, in moving forward on this path, I have been undoing some of the effects of, you mm. know, being brought up Catholic, not
3: being catholic now yes yes oh look at there's a whole other area of conversation there that <laughs> i haven't time to get into today but i'll come back to it with you look thanks for joining me and talking about a subject that is alive and is relevant to so many people and look you've worked it through and i'm sure many others will face this and work their way through this issue as well i'll talk to you again i promise thanks for joining me on the show brona
8: Lovely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been Not a
3: pleasure. Not at all. It and my pleasure too. Thank you indeed. That's Bronagh Malone on Late Lunch this Wednesday afternoon.
6: Time to say goodbye, to
3: turn into- Tables. Turning tables is what I was looking for. Well done to Joan Martin from Slane. You're in the hat for the big prize on Friday. You join Karina uh, O'Malley and Maria Manning. I have a 500 euro voucher to give away for House Proud Furniture. North Link Retail Park Dog. their super sale of the century is now on. And if you want to win today... Yes, head over to our Facebook page because today on LMFM's Facebook page you can win a €200 voucher for House Proud. So get over to our Facebook page, enter that one and you could have the €200 voucher. We have the 500 on Friday here on Late Lunch. We'll play Musical Chairs again with you tomorrow on the show. Doonaree, you can't have a pee. Yes, that is the message I'm hearing on late lunch today. Doonaree Forest Park. Antoine has been in touch with us. Sent us a picture of the toilets at Doonaree. Oh my word. Anyone else been to Doonaree and dined for a pee and had to go behind a tree? Oh, the poetry is just flying on late lunch today. It really is. Doonaree, uh, did you struggle to spend a penny? Do it, number one. or oh, number two. Forget about it. Anyway, anyone else experience problem with the toilets at Doonery Forest Park? If you have, you might let us know to see. Is it uh, a common problem? Antoine says it is. The pictures look awful. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. 1850-715-958. If you'd like to call in. Now, my artists of the week are Take That. And yesterday... Well, it was a sad time, wasn't it? When they decided to go their own ways and separate in 1996. And indeed, a decade would pass until Take That got together again, releasing a compilation album of their hit singles and going on tour in 2006. They also returned to the studio recording their comeback album called Beautiful World. And it entered the UK charts straight in at number one, And selling 3 million copies A decade later They were still so popular And really their second coming coming Was just something else Uh, A 49 date European tour Followed to sell out audiences The awards clocked up And another smash hit album Called The Circus Followed in 2008 This was backed up By another tour in 2009 Which became the best selling In history at that time Take That, then as a four-piece, we're well and truly back and bigger than ever. Today, let's remind ourselves of that comeback with what was their ninth number one single in the UK from that first album in 10 years. Yes, patience is the word fans had to have, and the song they craved for that decade, for the decade they were away, pining for more of Take That. Well, patience paid off in the end, didn't it?
6: Patience.
3: Take That's comeback single number one straight in in the charts. Uh, Unbelievable success uh, began again for them and we're going to hear more of their story and another song from Take That My Artist of the Week round about this time on Late Lunch tomorrow. (laughs) Loud County Council and Loud Super Connectors want to get loud talking again. Yes, it's a new campaign and we're going to talk about aspects of it at this time for the next three weeks on Late Lunch and to kick us off is Darren McGowan. Community Development Officer with Loud Leader Partnership and she's going to tell us all about the Smart Start programme. Hello, Dara. Hello,
5: how are you? How are you
3: doing? I'm good. Thanks for joining me on the show. What's this all about?
5: Well, well the Smart Start kind of set up Back in 2019, before anyone ever heard of COVID, let me tell you. So at that time, I suppose, we we just noticed that older members of the community weren't taking part in things that had any kind of minor IT skills required. And uh, from that, we started up the Smart Start. So basically, we had people in with our tutor. They had one-to-one lessons. And the key of it was that they brought their own device with them. So instead of going into a computer suite where they might be put off or a bit intimidated by it, if they weren't lacking in the confidence, Jerry, instead of that, they were bringing in their own phone or their own tablet or their own um, laptop. And they were getting the lessons on that one to one. And from there, then they moved on into a kind of a classroom situation. So um, obviously, COVID came along and that kind of knocked things on the head a little bit with the Smart start. But we've got them on to Zoom and they're getting on to WhatsApp and all sorts of things as well. So we, we really, we've moved in about, I think we're on about our fourth class now mm. at this stage.
3: Oh, it's great. And I love that concept of, you know, there is an unease when you're trying to pick up something new and there's uh, unfamiliar equipment and a strange uh, surrounding, perhaps, or people you don't know, to ease them in with their own device. works so well, I'm sure, for you, and uh, people love that and progressed massively. But, you know, migrating, you know, you're trying to teach something that you have to actually use now, To do the teaching. You know you know what I'm talking about. Exactly.
5: Well before COVID we were doing it anyway, but now what's happened is it's become a necessity really. You know, if you want to meet people, if you want to do classes, it became a necessity. And I suppose that's what we had to do. We had to jump people straight on. We jumped them onto WhatsApp and then we got them from there onto Zoom. Hmm. And then the other thing about it is, Jerry, is that we've also moved them into a group called Smart Network. So you could start in Smart Start, and if you still like what you're learning, you go on into, if you like, into Smart Network. And we've about 16 people moved on into that, and they have weekly sessions. They do everything from maybe Zoom classes or how to learn how to get your Netflix working (laughs) or (laughs) online banking or, you know, any of those kind of things. It's actually very much participant-led.
6: Yeah, so and they're,
5: they're basically saying what they need to know, what what they have difficulties with, and then the whole class learns about it.
3: Isn't that terrific? I know they're it doing is, exercises yeah. as well and uh, friendships. This is a great thing. It's not just learning the IT. New friendships are formed.
5: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, our smart network now—they're arranging their own. Outing come the end of this, they're going to have their own socially distanced outing, they're going off to see some graveyard and one of them is going to give a big talk and then they're going to have a picnic. Mm. So, you know, it's um, definitely the friendships were there before COVID came in, but I think even all this weekly meetups makes things even more so. And the other thing I suppose just to mention is that at the moment, I'm actually in the D-Hub and RD where we're doing... um, Smart Start RD now, so it's actually expanded. And with the help of the super connectors, we have given quite a number of uh, new tablets to some of that group as well.
3: So, if anybody's listening today in the loud area who feels I'd love to learn a bit more, get the basics here, and perhaps move on, I know that you have a full cadre of 26 people for this uh, new (laughs) RD (laughs) group at the moment. (laughs)
5: We do, we yeah. do, but we are, I've already started taking names for back in Dundalk again, normally they were run from the community office in Dundalk, Yeah, but um, we've already started taking names for the next course in September there, so if anyone's around that area in uh, Dundalk, they can give us a ring.
3: And what's the number, how do they contact your best number?
5: They just, just contact Loud Leader Partnership.
3: Okay. Yeah. Loud Leader Partnership, look yeah. up the number there, contact yeah. in, and get your name down. And I presume it'll be all over the county, south of the county, plans as well for the Drogheda area? Um, Not
5: from Smart Start as yet. I know there are other groups doing it down there, the Age Action. Oh, and I see. Is, is yeah. doing stuff down that end of it. But it's all adding up, you know. I suppose yeah. we're all looking for the same thing, Gerry. And we've actually started to meet and put our heads together and, you know, look at what's needed and what's overlapping and what's not. And everybody's helping each other out just Mm. to get the whole
3: county up and running. It's been a godsend, hasn't it, really? Little, as you said, did you expect when you started this pre-COVID that an emergency, a world emergency would hit us and that we actually, for everybody to know the way around, the basics of IT, you know, you mentioned WhatsApp there, Zoom, online, all that type of stuff. It's saved the day, hasn't it?
5: Yeah, it it has. You know, I think if this had happened, if COVID had come maybe 30 years ago, we really would have been isolated. Not, Mm. but, you know, there's a lot to be thankful for. The fact that we were able to just jump people into that, has been amazing. And, you know, then, like, it's not just those that are are there now, but there's always the possibility of more in to come. Even when COVID, we're all getting vaccinated now, Mm. there's still the possibility that we will still be doing things on Zoom We've got used to being able to do things in our own home, doing exercise classes and what have you. You know, that you, yes. you if you don't if you don't feel up to it or if you don't want to move out or if it's too far to travel. Look, yeah. and it's all there at our fingertips.
3: And, you know, I've spoken over the years on this show about loneliness and many people living alone feel lonely. But if you get into a group like this, uh, my word, every day, and I know there are other aspects to what, and we'll be talking about these on the show next Wednesday and mm-hmm. the week after about connectivity and people being uh, touched base with on a regular basis. But this allows you, you know, this brings company to your home. Even if you can't get out of your, you're restricted.
5: Exactly. Well, we've found that people definitely have formed friendships through through Zoom without even meeting anybody, you know, in person. So, yeah, no, there is that. You do kind of feel that people are in the room with you. It, it's not quite the same, let's face it. We know it's not the same. Yeah. But it, but it is a super alternative. It, it really is. It
3: certainly is. Wish you well with the RD crowd. They're a wild gang down there. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. well, we have a gang of them done already this morning, <laughs> but there, there, there's
5: someone in down there now already. So, okay. So great. Thanks very much. Not Gary. at all. Thank you for okay. joining me
3: on the show, Dara. Well not done at all. to you. Thank you, you. Take care now. Dara McGowan there, uh, County Development Officer with Loud Leader Partnership. Give them. A shout if you want to get on the course in September tomorrow on late lunch Tara Walker there's something fishy going on Mick Connell is with us covid through the eyes of the generations as well and more besides Paul McKenna's coming next with the drive we leave you today in the company of Anne Marie see you Thursday 1:30 take care i will
5: always remember
2: the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada, Dundalk, and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the new and pre-owned Renault, Dacia, and Opel range. And a car finance specialist on-site to arrange a finance package that suits your budget. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See BlackstoneMotors.ie.
6: It's
0: that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up.